Welcome to Drug and Disorderly Podcast brought to you by North Spokane CBD. Yeah, we're still doing it. And honestly, if you ever want a masterclass in how to sell something on the internet, go listen to Caleb's last podcast, uh, Deepish Thoughts, Episode 3, Horrors Are Added Again, which is one of his favorite sayings. Um <laughs> It's basically a half-hour ad as to why you need to get CBD from North Spokane CBD using the discount code DRUNK for 15% off. Caleb is such a... Like, we love him, so we get to pick on him. You guys don't get to pick on him. But we call him Bitch Boy for a reason. We make fun of Caleb because he's got such a great sense of humor that it doesn't bother him. Uh, He is legitimately one of the coolest people I know. Super cool. And I'm so glad that I met him at this point in his life so that when he blows up, I can ride that gravy train on up with him. <laughs> I mean, Caleb's super cool. He's super down to earth. Um, we're certainly not asking you to pick on him just because we do. And this is family no. privilege, man. It's that, like, yeah, we're family. It's, it's kind of like when you know yeah. the Marines and Army go at it until you know someone else steps in to say something. Then we all like square the wagons. No one's going to get that joke. God damn it. I get it. You did not. You did not watch Wagons East. No, but like I get it. You square the. You make a big square and you go circle. You circle the wagons, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the saying is the saying is circle the wagons. Uh, in the movie, they they the movie Wagons East, they squared the, squared wagons, the wagons so that they had to make a bigger loop going around them because of the corners. Oh. oh. That makes sense. That is a funny movie. If you haven't seen it, you should Wagons see it. East is the greatest movie that you've never seen. I promise you. That and Major Pain, if you're one of those weirdos that never saw Major Pain. I've seen Major Pain so many times when it first came out. And when I was sick like two years ago, I rewatched it again. And it was a lot, a lot less funny than I remembered it being. So. But who's never seen Major Pain? I bet a lot of people Dude. haven't. Major Pain. My my wife, for what? Like, granted, Elfie hasn't seen any she movie seen ever. Anything. <laughs> I'm kidnapping your wife for about a week, and all we're gonna do is watch movies. Okay, you can you not kidnap her, but maybe just move into my basement for a week? I mean, maybe. Okay. Oh, right, Dre. Where's that picture that you sent me? Uh, where is but it? But your basement? I gotta be in the basement, right? Like, the basement's the nicest. Room. The basement's the, the nicest house room elf. in the house. The basement is the nicest room in the house. It's where I sleep. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull up this picture so that. I can That's put it up for right now. while you're doing that. So, like, we've got a Brady Bunch thing going on here. On the yeah, screen. we do. Should I be like, like when when Aaron's talking? Should I like turn and, and just do a book? or what's the etiquette on that? Or should I just kind of stare ahead at the camera? Oh my god! Oh, oh, we're moving stuff around now. All right, make your plug real quick so we can go back to the talking about the Brady Bunch. Go. Okay, so our friend in Iowa, uh, who we will be going to see next week, they're having their convention. Um, most of us will be there. Uh, get ready. Iowa. Are you going to be there, Joe? Which state? Iowa. Iowa. Unfortunately, DC's convention is the same weekend, so I've got. Oh. got to be. You home. are definitely picking the wrong convention. Iowa's where well, it's at. DC, dude. DC is home for him. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm, chair, go- I'm chair of the DC party, so I, they'll notice if I'm not there. <laughs> still making the wrong decision <laughs> anyway go, keep going Dre sorry okay so our friend over there Fred Perryman is selling raffle tickets for uh, we've got this up here it says tickets for Liberty pick your tattoo so they've got a couple different ones that's choose from $20 tickets or three for 50 get a hold of Fred 
uh, on Facebook or by email here or his phone number. I can't believe he put his phone number out there like that. <laughs> Wait, did it? Oh my God, he did. He's brave. <laughs> you, Fred, you're brave. I hope that's a Google number, Fred. A secondary so, Google number. Because it's small, I am going to have to read it because we're doing the ad. It's 217-454-7792 or Perryman, that's P-E-R-R-Y-M-A-N, at lpia.org. Now, wait, are these actual tattoos? You win the raffle, you get to get actual ink? No, I think it's pick our tattoo raffle, so... Uh, I think they're, they're gonna... just picking the the logo for the campaign yeah. is what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's got the Flame of Liberty, the Gadsden Snake, the old school uh, what you call it? Porcupine. Penguin guy. Porcupine and the Liberty Penguin. Yeah. Liberty Penguin. Now what, we're big Liberty Penguin What's the penguin cannon fan. thing? What's the cannon? Uh, I'm not sure about that one. It just looks like an artillery thing to me. And that's <laughs> yeah. because I was on an artillery base probably, but. I thought it was a telescope. So. <laughs> don't I mean, I pick guess, that one yeah let's i would say not that one and not the porcupine not because the porcupine's bad just because it's everywhere so do so do, do the penguin who else has a penguin i mean really it kind of looks like an ad for a snow cone stand though doesn't it i was just gonna say it looks like he's holding a snow <laughs> what, cone and i love what it what is more libertarian than snow cones um nothing ta tax evasion <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Fair. Oh, Nate, these always happen during the Democratic debates. Yeah. Um. I. I can't. I don't know why anyone would be watching a Democratic debate at this point. Like, I guess Stayer's in there now, so maybe if you really want to hear what Stayer has to say, but this is the debate where everyone tries to tear down Bernie Sanders. So if you like watching Bernie Sanders get torn down, it might be worth watching. I mean, if you want to see Bernie Sanders get torn down, you can watch this show every episode. It happens. Right? <laughs> We're happy to help, man. Doing our part. Yeah, I don't need to watch him get beat up. I can just do it. It's fine. So, um. Uh, I'm gonna let Dre. On it. I'm gonna let Dre introduce our guest here in a minute. I just want to say, as I said in the pre-show, and I've always said, like Josh is my friend, and I'm always gonna support Josh. But I am very happy that Joe is in the chair race, especially um, as I'm hearing rumors that Sarwark's gonna jump in, and the, then it's like, okay, there, well, there's two people that I could stand as chairs, so let's not have Char Sarwark and uh, Dre. Go ahead and uh, introduce our guest now. Okay, <laughs> let's welcome Joe Bishop Henchman, who I was uh, lucky enough to meet in person a couple weeks ago here in Nebraska at our state convention. He is currently LNC uh, at large, correct? Yes. And you are running for LNC chair, which will be happening here in Austin in a couple months. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you. I have watched it every now and then. Ethan watches it a lot more, so I know what I'm getting into, but oh, happy to be here. And, uh, Let's talk. Let's talk liberty. I mean, Joe, your credentials are a little bit deeper than just at large, right? You're the chair of the DC party. Um, you, you've been involved with the movement for a really long time. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, I I uh, came across the party at a booth at the San Diego County Fair in the mid 1990s, and uh, that's when I was when I was a teenager, and you know it it made sense to me, so I I joined and 
helped lead uh, Youth for Brown Jorgensen in San Diego County in 1996. So um, it's kind of been uh, interesting running into Joe Jorgensen every weekend on the uh, on the campaign trail. And then uh, uh, and, uh, it was kind of a rabble rouser in San Diego. We had a very active party in San Diego, still do. Um, very big on getting involved in public policy issues going on in San Diego. So at the time they were debating should we subsidize the football stadium some more? Should we subsidize the creation of a baseball stadium? Should we subsidize the expansion of the convention center? And on all of those, uh, we probably we didn't we didn't win in that we stopped them all, but we did make them less worse than they were going to be. So the the ballpark, for instance, they had to raise a lot of private money because we made it clear and and we got the public to our side that it couldn't be a hundred percent publicly funded. Um, and then ditto with the convention center expansion. And honestly, if you've been to San Diego's ballpark, I think it made it a better product in the end. Um, there was a curfew law in San Diego at the time. I was part of a group called Libertarian Rock that was set up by my good friend David Doctor to protest against that. And we managed to work in a First Amendment exception to the law, which is still there to this day. So if you're out, if you're a teenager out in San Diego after 10 p.m. on a weeknight, as long as you're wearing a sticker that says repeal the curfew, curfew, they can't cite you because you're exercising your First Amendment rights. And uh, we actually got an MTV special to do coverage of that. And that was my first media appearance back at uh, in age 16. And then I uh, went to college, uh, UC Berkeley, which we could do a whole hour of stories just on that. Um, and uh, was president of the Cal Libertarians there. And that's when I first met a lot of the the people we have in the movement. So I first met Tom Palmer when I first met Justin Raimondo, uh, just in bringing speakers to campus and, and having it, them present. Yeah. Berkeley's Berkeley's the school that Kevin Shaw was protesting too, right? I don't know. Uh, probably a lot of people protest Berkeley. We kind of had a every a year did not go by without, um, <laughs> okay. t, you know, national guard and tear gas and all that. <coughs> well, that's been the case at Berkeley though, since the late sixties. Yeah. So the, the birth of the free speech movement, uh, you know, until the 1960s, uh, the status quo was politics did not exist on campus. Campus, it, you, you left it at the campus gates and you were a student. And uh, there was this whole uh, theory that uh, the purpose of the university was to create uh, a learned adult. And until you graduated, you you couldn't engage in all of that. And uh, we kind of blew that to smithereens at Berkeley. And, and so now nobody even, you can't even conceive of uh, a theory like that. Now, you know, of course, all campuses are full of politics, not always the best ones. Um, sure. Yeah. So then uh, after uh, college, I took a year to uh, temp and helped recall the governor of California, who was terrible, worked on a campaign for Peter Uberoth, who was the commissioner of Major League Baseball and the man who chaired the commission to rebuild LA after the riots. Uh, he ran as an independent for governor. Um, he ended up uh, uh, not getting the traction that he wanted because of uh, the celebrity in the race. Um, and then moved east to Washington, DC, where I worked a little bit on transportation policy, then went to law school, then, uh, in, in tax policy and uh, built built up that organization, served on boards of a couple other organizations, building those up, um, helping a lot with charitable works out here. And uh, then met my husband and uh, and then uh, in 2016, we got a, we had a lot of momentum 
for the Libertarian Party because of what was going on uh, nationally with the Republicans and the Democrats and got more involved uh, and helped pull together DC surrogates for the, for the Johnson Weld campaign. And then uh, in 2018, was made chair of the DC party and ended up getting elected as an at-large member of the, the national party. So uh, that's kind of how I've gotten from where I, where I started to here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Dre, what was that look for? Oh God, you and your childish reindeer games. You guys so, are so silly. Um, what was the uh, the name of the governor that you got recalled in? Gray Davis. He. Uh, right, that's right. So he I remember was, that being a thing. I just couldn't remember. It's his a name. huge thing. Yeah. He was elected, and it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was a big movement with lots of people. I was really one cog in that. One young cog in that. And he, mm-hmm. uh, his big failing was that he tried to make everybody happy. And if if he if you wanted him to do something, he would say yes and try to do it. But when you try to make every single person happy and you say yes to everybody and everybody ends up hating you because mm-hmm. you can't, you can't be, you can't be all things to all people. And so you're, you're basically in a position where you're lying to people and, you know, politicians lie to ordinary people all the time and that's just par for the course. But something you can't do as a politician is lie to a fellow politician because then you're breaking the, your word with them and then nobody will ever deal with you again. And that was kind of the situation that he ended up in. I feel like the the best course of action is to try to make everyone upset with you, actually, because if you look at our politics, it's really antagonistic. Like no one voted for Trump. <laughs> they voted to trigger the libs. Yeah. So and I, I think it's not as true of Democrats, but I think you could definitely get a lot of uh, a lot of like hate votes from from. Well, it's getting, it's getting there. I mean, the election may be Trump versus Bernie versus whoever we nominate. And, you know, a lot of Trump voters, they're not going to be voting for Trump. They're going to be voting against Trump. Against Bernie. And a lot of Bernie voters are not going to be voting for Bernie. They're going to be voting against Trump. Um, so, I mean, we have a big opportunity because we may be the one option of like, you know, instead of just every election voting against the other guy or girl, why don't you vote somebody. for somebody? Right? You know, honestly, you earned your vote. Honestly, I think Trump Sanders plays out for us or could potentially play out for us strategically much better than Trump Bloomberg. There are going to be tens of millions of politically homeless people who do not want to support either of those candidates. Well, and I'm going to tell you too, I don't believe that the DNC in general supports uh, supports uh, Sanders. And I, the GOP has reluctantly embraced Trump, right? Neither party really loves those candidates. So picture this. If we nominate somebody who can pull... Trump does have like a 92% approval rating in the Republican Party. Because he has to, right? Not because they honestly feel that way, right? They don't have an option. He is their guy. I don't um, know, man. My family went from holding their nose to vote for him to I had to unfriend some of them because they were too far into the Kool-Aid. Well, because that's how you, you, that's how you convince yourself that what you did isn't as icky as it was. It becomes for, like a... Like a sports team dynamic. Right. So you got to think about it. Drive, even no matter how terrible they are, or how good right. they are. Think about it though. Time. If we could throw this to the house, this election to the house, mm. house Democrats don't want Sanders, but they can't a third ticket to not being elected next. Right. Time. But they can't support really... Trump. So if we could throw them somebody who isn't Trump and isn't Sanders, 
we it's it's possibility that we start seeing things shift not necessarily that we win it but that we get the opportunity for the conversation that we see a couple of people vote for our guy or our gal because we still don't know somebody else we we have guys and gals in this yeah. um you know it, it's it's really possible and i think more possible if it's trump sanders than if it's trump bloomberg because Trump Bloomberg, Bloomberg just gives a lot of that the never Trump Republicans a good Republican that they can vote for, right? But on the other hand, he'll lose a lot of the Democratic base. He'll I mean, lose a lot of the Democratic base, he, but they don't hate him as much as Sanders. And I do have to add, it is a weird situation here because you know Trump's only been a Republican for so long, and Bernie's only been a Democrat for so long. And I, I mean, technically, he's, I guess he's still not really a Democrat. Right. And then, and then Bloomberg's only been a Democrat for so long. So, I mean, that's just kind of the weird dynamics of politics today. Everything's very fluid. And I mean, I have a rule on politics. I never say never about politics. I'll, I'll talk about probabilities and, and risks and, and this might happen or this might not happen, but I never say never because, um, you know, I'm only 39 years old, but what I've lived through already in politics is feels like an eternity and, you know, anything can happen. And, and, and I include um, our moment in that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's possible that we can see a, di a different gain this cycle, which is pretty cool. I'm excited about it. I will tell you being so I was in California for that debate and being in the room with those candidates. Um, like you felt yourself wanting to cheer for everybody, mm -hmm. regardless of who you thought you walked in supporting. Right. It was a really like physically palpably powerful moment. There was there was an energy in that room with that much liberty being talked and, and there was a lot um, like, like you just, you got chills. There were tears. It was great. It was great. This is a good time to be a libertarian. So I'm spending, I'm spending every weekend from January till May at a state convention or more than one state convention. So I'm, I'm talking to a lot of libertarians in person and it's been interesting because, you know, the presidential race is an, is an often brought up, is often brought up as a topic in these conversations. And, um, you know, I'd say maybe 10, 15, 20 percent of the of the attendees have a candidate in mind that, you know, and they're only with that candidate. But most of the rest of the libertarians I talk to are, you know, they could they like kind of like three or four of them. And uh, and it's it's hard for them to pin down just yet on which one they support. And we've seen that. And, you know, a number of straw polls have come out and and there's not been a consistent winner in each of the states. Um, and I think it reflects that. I think uh, we kind of have a luxury of choice right now and uh, we'll see how it ends up uh, and kind of who is able to consolidate support. Um, you know, the candidate of the moment is Dr. Hornberger. He's won a couple of straw polls, or at least gotten the plurality in a couple of straw polls. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if that, we'll see if that path continues or if uh, someone else is able to, to rise up uh, among the pack as well. There's some really solid, solid candidates up there. I, I, I want to, I want to give you the opportunity, sir, um, to join our podcast in endorsing Ben Backus for vice president. <laughs> We all love Ben. Stop it. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. I still love you. Ben does not want to be nominated. He, he doesn't get person. a choice. Uh, so the thing is, everything that everyone is saying about Mons, like Mons, 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 John Mons. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. Who's um, a really good, a yeah, really good yeah. dude? And like the post I made today was a joke. Like I'm not in any way trying to run him down. A million votes is a huge deal. 
if Nebraska was the size of Georgia, Ben Backus would have had over 700,000. Right. So I'm just saying, if that's if that's your measuring stick, then it's got to be Mons Backus 2020. I'm smart enough not to try to tell any delegate who they should vote for <laughs> on president or vice president or or honestly the other LNC offices either. I mean, the delegates are going to do whatever they're going to do, and yeah. nobody's waiting for me to tell them who to support for president or vice president. So. No, man, and, and I think this is a good year. I, again, you can go into the convention, um, hear the debates, and and probably make your choice in the moment, and still wind up wind up voting for a really principled um, candidate who truly loves the party and truly wants to work really hard for you. And that's amazing. It's an amazing problem to have. the The old parties haven't had this problem um, ever that I can remember. Yeah, no, like, you know, we got the Democratic debate going on tonight, too. And it's it's a, a, a stage full of flawed people. Everybody's got a flaw up there that that in normal circumstances might make them completely unelectable. But there they are and they have to pick between them. Um, and, you know, that's we're not in that situation. And I'm and I'm glad of it. Yeah, I mean, this is not a year where we're going to have to hold our noses to vote for somebody. I'm so excited. It's not a Bob Barr year. It's not, a, it's, this is not that. And that's exciting. Yeah, we, we are genuine. Like this election is almost entirely for on our side. Anyway, that's it's right. not about principles because like all of the front runners outside of one or two, and we all know who I'm talking about. Right. Are all very principled, basically radicals. It's about who do you think is going to get the most attention? Because right. And who's going to make the sale? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's going to close the deal? It's about who's the closer. Yeah. Really, that's what so it comes we're, down to. We're arguing. We are literally going to war with each other over style. Like, as much as, as I piss what? off half of our fans every time I make fun of Hornberger because he puts me to sleep, I, it's my disagreement isn't that he's not a great libertarian. It's that he puts me to sleep. You know what? Like, you say cry, that, seriously. like you say that, but like in California, I watched him in, invigorate a room. And maybe, like, I don't know. And, I, I've seen the, I, and I've seen the, like I said, I'm neutral on the president. I'm Switzerland in the presidential race. But, um, you know, I've seen the video of Hornberger working the, the streets in, in North Carolina where he was campaigning door to door. And, uh, you know, he wasn't putting people to sleep there. It was, it was very impressive. And, and he's working it. Um, we uh, we were we it, found ourselves both be. at uh both at the airport at six a.m. the other night um or the other morning I guess because we were both getting on flights to different places. I mean he's he's making the rounds. Uh, Jorgensen's making the rounds. Uh, Armstrong's making the rounds. Chafee's making the rounds. It's they're all out there. Um, and so, Dan is um, going to gun rallies and putting magnets on people's tanks. Yeah, I mean yeah, they're all doing stuff. And really, like I get it. I get especially um. As we get closer to convention, I believe we'll see more of it. Um, people get really, um, really excited, really loud, really vocal in their support of some candidates and in their trashing of other candidates. Um, uh, and, and, and it's probably going to elevate as we get closer. But I would caution everybody. Look, I would caution everybody, don't take that personally. What's yeah. coming off is maybe aggression to somebody. Um, nine times out of ten, all it is is passion. And passion is a good thing. So 
Um, let's not try to diminish passion. Yeah. Um, it, it, Copies for closers. Yeah. So the thing, so what, what yeah. bums me out is we, we still get those messages on our page where it's like, uh, drop out, you're a fucking loser. Um, you're a moron, which to be fair, the last person who sent us that message did use the correct form of yours. So I had to be impressed. Uh, well, props Ooh. to them. That's the first. Yeah. <laughs> Send them stickers. Whoever it was. Good grammar well, I stickers. Just, I just like, I just send a smiley face and say, thank you for your input and uh, check out our website. <laughs> donate here yeah. like we do we get a lot of um especially have you guys noticed anytime we post a meme that trashes trump or bernie oh i was shocked that, that trump supporters are, are actually checking out our page like why would you bother no. but they a do D &D page or the our yeah. D &D page. Dude, a yeah. good a good half of our uh base is like there's a reason i try not to hit Republicans as much. I won't lie. I want to grow our base on Facebook. And here's why. Here's the deal. I uh, subscribe to what the church would call missionary dating. So the thing is, you got to be cool with people to get them to listen to you. This Look, sounds you... like a whole David Berg flirty fishing bullshit. Okay. Um, let that's me get like this. felonious people, on nine continents. People will not listen to you if you hit them in the face right away. <laughs> So our right now, um, Republicans are ascendant in politics. So my thought process, and Dre does this naturally. I don't ever say this to her because she just does it. My thought process is piss them off less because it's easier to peel away from the ascendant party because they they don't feel threatened the same way the party that is going to come up in the next cycle would. Although I don't think that's going to happen in this cycle because I think the Democrats have Screwed that pooch. Well, um, I also I just, just find so many more. Well, yeah, the left can't meme too. By the that way, that yeah, that's the problem is that the left can't meme. That's so a huge. Uh, we have a hard it. time stealing those when, like, make us some memes, people on the left. Yeah, look, and if you <laughs> can, can give us some funny anti-Trump memes, we do post them. We're in. Look, we are yeah, equal opportunity funny. haters. We're I equal think I've opportunity seen haters. One or two, and then since he's been running. Like that's hey, three years, people, and I've okay. seen one or two. So Step look, up your game. The best one I came across, I saved for myself, and it was that President's Day special: six bucks a white Russian and a bag of Cheetos. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I the problem is when I find good anti-Trump memes, I just keep them. You're supposed to feed them to me. I know, I know. In part, sometimes I feel like a traitor for that, but. Man, I, I you I'm can quick still on share. keep them. Like you can like save a copy and share a copy. Well, I need to like <laughs> post them from our page and then reshare them from there, and then I still get to share them. But I'm just like, oh fuck, share, 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 share. Yeah. Like it's a trick. I can't help it. Yes, uh, it's, Eric. I yes. understand. I have had a uh, uh, <laughs> see. Yeah, I had to curb I how am. I do this. I'm a horrible meme dealer. Since I have taken you, over our meme distribution. Are you distribution. a good meme dealer, Joe? No, I'm terrible at it. Ethan's much better at it. Okay. I just hoard, 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 and then just like, I'll just do a huge meme dump in one day and schedule like two weeks of memes. And then I go through when I'm like having a weird creative moment and fill in the holes that she leaves in the schedule for me to 
And typically there's not even holes. I just have to like, well, we're about an hour away from the last one. I'll just post it. <laughs> like, seriously, I never schedule memes. All I ever do is like, I know you can just send and, them to me. I like farm memes and drop them into this chat. Um, and Dre's like, dude, just email them because they're getting buried in the chat. And I'm like, who has time for that? No, 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 no. Uh, that is for Discord, remember? Oh, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> oh, right. oh, we have Discord oh, updates. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so for our pay, so here's the deal. We're going to have tiers I do. here. Uh, we're going to have a Discord that anyone can join and hang out with us and talk politics and bullshit. And hopefully not politics too, please. Yeah, look, Please. we're not limited to politics. Yeah, yeah well, I don't yeah, even you like see talking all about the animal politics. memes I've got in there. So, and then there's going to be another tier for paid subscribers, uh, so that they get kind of more exclusive access to us. And there's going to be some other content that, like, look, I get it. We keep trying new things, and and people don't like what we try, so we go on to the next thing for subscribers. If you if you're a subscriber and you have an idea. Fucking let us know because we're at our wits end at this point. We'll do whatever you want at this point. Hey, but. no, hush. You shut your whore mouth. Do not say that. Right? <laughs> I forgot who our fucking followers are. Shit. We'll do you whatever what I you want. Your like, is in the chat right now. You got to make sure you're charging a lot of money if you're offering that. Like every, everything. Look, everything's got its price, but, but some <laughs> things you're, you're going to need to sell a couple of kidneys. Preferably your own, but we're really not going to ask. Like we're offering... Tit soaked blank. What was that? A sheet? Oh yeah. Weren't we gonna do body prints? Yes. Nobody wants a, like seriously. We were gonna do the stupid human tricks. You had a wheel. We never did that. Oh, like, did we, we sell a t-shirt last night? I still got it. Did we? I, I do. I need to check Rebubble. I don't know. I never I, one of my friends was was asking me for the link, so Rebubble? I gave it to her. Rebubble. Yeah. Like, if like, you want t-shirts, look for our Redbubble link. All of those oh, yeah. links are on the page. Well, I'm gonna post that. Yeah, that go back to be... talking amongst yourselves. I... Yeah, because that's not an easy link. It's not an easy link. It's a nightmare link. Because red, I can link... barely find it. I had to bookmark the damn thing, and I admin it. Well, John does anyway. So okay, sorry. I'm gonna go back to uh, <clears throat> a comment earlier from one of our little people here. Uh, Who's got Matt? Oh. Five gallons of Dre's bath water and one round of toenail clippings, $850, and it's yours, Beasley. Oh, my God. You know, if if that shit is going to sell, I will happily uh, package and ship it, I guess. You sickos. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> if that's what the people want, that is easy enough to, uh, to uh, get shipped out. <laughs> That'd be funny. I would laugh my ass off if you actually shipped five gallons of used bathwater to somebody. I we have a friend, Dre. You and I have a mutual friend who well, shipped a whole huge shipment of gorilla shit to a GOP office in his state because they did some shady shit. Um, so he said, "Isn't that bioterrorism?" Yeah, uh, I mean it's legal. You can buy it online and have it shipped. So this you can very, buy it on. This I'm is a very timely My conversation because we actually the lnc just sent out an email today asking for items to be donated for the silent auction at national convention oh, cool. yeah so i there's a lot of good ideas being uh being suggested here 
Well, and look too. If okay, you're... so my first question was going to be: Does this person have access to a zoo? How the hell do you procure this yeah. kind of manure? Yeah, zoo, and yes, mind. this is a violation of the NAP and bioterrorism. Disgusting fight, glitter bomb the asshole for crying out loud. Well, how is a glitter bomb less of a violation than a package of gorilla shit that's probably marked in some way? Uh, I mean, glitter can't make you sick unless you inhale it into your lungs. But a glitter well, bomb makes you inhale it into your lungs. It does. It, it really, blows up in your face. It's probably marked, right? If you're you're ordering manure from anywhere, it's going to be at least labeled. Um, you're not going to repackage it for the people in gift wrap? Come on. Well, he didn't, but that's a really good idea. Zebby, if you're listening, next time <laughs> we're going to wrap that shit. I was a mean girl in high school, okay? Well, I didn't do this kind of shit, but my friends did. And, and I was like, I had no, like, that's just too far. Come on. At some be point, proportional. At <laughs> some point, too, we shift from being in a position where our actions are violating the NAP to solely asserting our right to self-defense. And the duopoly absolutely every day, daily, makes me feel the desire and need to defend myself. I mean, at, at what point do we say some of these things are probably self-defense? I, I, I that was a good pivot back to back to a talking point. <laughs> it was. Joe, I, I have to ask, how many big luau shirts do you have? Are you prepared? Big luau shirts? Yeah. Well, because you can't big, say big the, because you can't say the other word. Yeah, they they're call it the to... big luau or the big igloo. Yeah. Okay. Or you get you get censored, demonetized, deplatformed. And Remember, they had a rally in Virginia a couple weeks ago about this kind of thing. <laughs> so, do you have any good Hawaiian shirts? Are you I, ready for it? I don't. I'm talking you, so, yeah. so, like, what is your plan? Do you have a a, a bug out the shit hit the fan plan? For what? For like, if the shit hits the, the fan and you got a bug out, where do you go? I don't understand. I'm sorry. So okay. Okay, if, no, this is a, such a huge cultural difference. This has to be kind of that Midwestern. It does. Okay, Western. so we need to do with this. <laughs> this is I something don't think that so. all of us have a plan for. Okay, so here, here, like Midwest states for sure, our plan is when the government fully takes over and declares martial oh. law, um, and the shit hits the fan. I see. Where do we go? And I will tell you, if you're looking for a place, there's some great caves in Arkansas that are spring fed. Um, <laughs> But my happy ass is is going to either Idaho because I can get across the Canadian border on my horse if I need to, or um, Hawaii because that's a great place to be homeless. So I have two answers for this. One is I live a mile from the U.S. Capitol, so depending on the situation, I may not be getting out at all. So <laughs> you know, you know, good luck that's to all true. the rest of you. I'm going to be just, you know, uh, you know a, a, a shadow on the sidewalk or something. Um, but if it is a situation where we can get out, Ethan does have a plan on this. So uh, he's from northern he's from northern Vermont. So like this is the Canadian border. This is the town he's from right here in northern. <laughs> and uh, so you know we we get get the car, throw the dog in, and make our way up there. Uh, it's about twelve hours, and and there's a his parents live in a cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure at least some libertarians can relate to that. And uh, you know, we'll kind of rough it out there. That's where uh, it's where we spend every Christmas, and it's uh, you know, it's it's nice and remote, and uh, I think you could, we probably live up there indefinitely if need be, uh, so long as the Canadians aren't coming over from the from that side. So. You know, I think any American should be able to take any Canuck. Come on now, 
As long oh, as you have you minute, you minute. Have you have you not seen The Handmaid's Tale? God dang! No, I don't watch that commie bullshit. Um, uh, you like really when I so I read the book years and years and years and years and years ago, and I remember reading it and thinking, this is what happens if the right takes over. This is what happens because in in Oklahoma, um, in in a lot a lot of the south. Um, about half of those Republicans that are running for office are theocrats. I mean, it's terrifying. Um, we, do, so, we do have our, our fair share of theocrats in Nebraska. Right? I mean, we like to swing at the left and the right, but um, it's it's that the my way or, or the highway sub-faction of, yeah. of the GOP and of the DNC that are really the most terrifying to me. To me, and even within our own party, when you get that that my way or the highway sub faction of a caucus, especially is when stuff gets kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's scary. <laughs> so, Sorry, Dre. Dre, what's your bug out plan? Fuck, I, I'm counting on John to have one. We have enough. I'm guns sure and- he has a dozen. <laughs> well, okay, so we have money, and we have um, like things that could be used as money that aren't money and we have enough guns and ammunition. Other than that though, I don't know. My plan is just to go to Aaron's house and uh, build. Come a on. Cabin. Yeah. That I and have land. Care. I told you, if you want to build a cabin, you don't I have to wait. You're welcome to come build a cabin. You have chickens. <laughs> I want to come now. I mean, look, we might be down <laughs> here summer. It depends on, on how vacation works out. And if we, how well the court battle goes. Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers on that one for you guys. That needs to come to to fruition. Yeah. When do you guys go to court again next for that? Uh, the eleventh. Oh wow, that's quick. Okay, good. Oh my god, get use your personal assistant. To... It's in Elfie's phone, not mine. Zach doesn't I mean, track I won't, anything. I won't be me? able to go anyway. So. Oh, what? Whatever. Shared calendar. I don't know. He doesn't track anything anyway. Dude, yeah. I don't even know what so day it is. The... Is this a Thursday Zach... or Tuesday? It's. Tuesday. Okay. I hate Zach, when the shit hits the fan and you're on your way to your bug out spot, what's the first thing that you're going to try and, and grab on the way? What's the first thing you would want to acquire? Uh, it depends on what vehicle I'm escaping in. If it's the Jeep, I'm definitely trying to hit up some place to steal some gas cans and then um, fill them up. You're not going to be able to take anything but gas cans in that silly thing. Yeah. Um, See, that's... See- that's too practical and boring. And, you know, this is me saying you're being too practical and boring. <laughs> I'm um, stealing a beer truck. There's a, yeah, no. They're sitting in a perfect library, it, please. Of course. You TV show, I, I forget the name of the TV show. Revolution, I think. It, it didn't yeah. last. But it was, the first episode was like, just electricity stops working worldwide. And uh, there's this this mom and dad who know that it's about to happen. And so what they decide to do is give the kids ice cream because they're never going to have ice cream again. So that's touching. That's a good, that's, wow. I know it's not as practical as gas cans, but like, I, no, I but probably that's get like, ice cream. I, I know how to make ice cream. Yeah, not but without not electricity without electricity you know. or ice. Oh, we yeah, have, you need ice. We have solar panels. You to make prepared... ice solar panels? What's that? Nothing. Never mind. <laughs> solar panel or solar yeah, you power. Can power. It doesn't take a whole lot to power a little mini. Like computer. you could make ice cream in one of my bug out vehicles because, like, I take this shit seriously. So my vehicles are EMP proof. Um, 
my I've got a, literally got an old RV, a 1973 solid steel bodied RV for that reason. Um, I haven't updated the engine or the transmission in it, even though it really needs it for that reason. Um, anything computerized, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in a position where an EMP can take me out. Good, Chris. Yes, you should always be so, uh, upping your uh, collection. Especially so you never know when you're going to have a boating accident. Coronavirus stuff. I mean, a lot of my friends in D.C. were buying emergency supplies today, getting ready for that. So <laughs> FYI, all I can picture is Mad Max Thunderdome. I mean, that's that's possible, Kyle, right? Like Mad Max or The Postman. You guys saw that shit. Or God forbid, Waterworld. But I was just going to say, are we going to go really post Like, that was bad. Um, yeah. If we're going to do the Thunderdome, uh, that means we're, a, we're legally required to listen to California Love at least once a day and watch the music video. What? Yeah, I'm going to pass. Jesus. I don't people. understand the correlation. Because oh my the, gosh. the music video was them in the Thunderdome. Oh. <laughs> I didn't have MTV. Give me a break. <laughs> How did you not have MTV? You were, like, I was a wee child when that song came out, too. So, like, you would have at least been old enough to have seen it. Listen, my parents never, ever, ever had cable. Ever. I got cable when You're I moved out. You're talking about the, the Jesus Well, we didn't have cable tour. either, but all my friends did. <laughs> Yeah, I still didn't get enough access, honestly. Like, it was few and far between. I got to watch MTV. Man, no way. I used to love watching TRL every day. That was, like, my thing. I, so I was a Backstreet Boys fan. <laughs> don't, don't make us pick on you. Oh, Eric. oh, my God. All right, we should we should ask Joe our, our obligatory question. Mm. Okay. Oh, yep, yep, yep. So, Joe, how do you feel about nuclear power? How do I feel about nuclear power? Good, um, bad, indifferent. I guess indifferent. Um, I watched Chernobyl on HBO. Oh, was, Justin's gonna gonna have his way with you now. <laughs> oh, here we go. It was a pretty good movie. I hear it's all lies and made up. So. <laughs> I actually grew up um, on the other side. I grew up in Oceanside, California, which is in northern oh, San Diego wow. County. And that's on the other side. Just north of us is Camp Pendleton, which is a big, big Marine Corps base. And on the other side of Camp Pendleton, just south of San Clemente, is the, or still is the San Onofre nuclear power plant. And uh, it's, it's shut down now. But when I was growing up, it was still open. And um, we did a school tour of it and got to go inside of it and everything. And, we were in the the zone of like, you know, where I guess they'd hand out iodine tablets and have loudspeakers tell you it's the end of the world if anything ever went wrong. And um, so that's kind of weird and scary. And uh, but I don't know, I, I I talk with a lot of people who are energy experts here in D.C. and they say we need an all of the above strategy. And that includes uh, includes letting nuclear uh, be part of that. So uh, I guess I guess for it. But. Uh, it's not my area of expertise, so I'll have to trust what, what people tell me on it. Sure. So, you know, one of our fans is, const or, uh, our followers is adamant that we ask everybody that comes on the show about that. It's, it's Justin O'Donnell. Justin. It's yeah. Justin O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So you can you can right. now kind of see why that question got repetitive and annoying real quick. Now we just automatically you know ask it. Wait, like, pause. I haven't seen Justin you... in like a month. I just ch- just texted Justin just... the other day. We he hasn't been out, he hasn't been commenting on the show for like a month. You need to text him back and be yeah, like, "Yo, bitch, you can't you can't be walking away from us like that." In and out. No, he's, yeah, uh, be... he's running for office. He's running yeah. for uh, oh, yeah. right? Justin's I'm, really busy right now and all that. Yeah. Look, no, there is no good possible. excuse to miss miss our show, though. <laughs> well, I mean, there are some good excuses. If you're in labor, I was just gonna say that you can if have your phone baby, out. Helps pass the time, right? That's true. Oh my god, I mean, I would have been so much happier if I would have got to watch what I wanted to when I was in labor. See now, now that <laughs> I couldn't have focused on the it, the 3D shit, so that you can just like. Put on the the headset and and like have an adventure while you're having your crotch gobble. It'll be great. Look, I Ew. was watching say that. some <laughs> fucked up documentary because when I can't sleep, I turn on some fucked up documentary. And this woman was talking about how um, the form of natural childbirth that she was using is all these women planning for childbirth. And um, she was going to use this uh, birthing pool and how she uh, achieved orgasm during the delivery of her first child. What the fuck? Right. And I'm like, you're crazy. I didn't even Please. know that was fucking possible. And none of mine got anywhere close to that. So and and have- I'm twisted. So I don't know, man. Right. <laughs> I had my gallbladder taken out a couple of years ago, and in like the year leading up to it, I had a series of gallbladder attacks where you know the stones would get stuck in the duct, and it's very painful. And I'm told it's not as painful as kidney stone. That's still more painful than that. And then, of course, childbirth even more painful than that. So I don't. I was not enjoying the gallstone attack, so I don't know how anybody could enjoy. Yeah, I don't know. Breaking a femur is the most painful thing that you can endure. Is it? That's what I I think I've heard. I don't know. Uh, Childbirth is pretty fucking painful, but I was a kid, so I was like, give me the drugs now. Okay, but have you ever stubbed your toe? I feel like that's the most painful thing. Dude. I have had wood shoved under my toenail so yes i have stubbed my fucking toe pretty hard so look you being interrogated by the the (laughs) foreign government or something (laughs) it was a sex game (laughs) (laughs) well i was crawling through a window late at night (laughs) so eric eric asked a good question and the answer is no you cannot miss our show to go to a munch you bring us with you and and get them addicted too, and just oh, let us know. We'll talk about sex more. Oh a my god! Is, did she say what's a munch? It's for kinky people to meet up and have fun. Oh, it's a meet and greet for BDSM players. <laughs> oh okay. See, I have a friend that we call munch. Or swingers. So sorry. <laughs> I think swingers do munches still too. So it could just be a swingers event. So no, if, if you go to a munch there. during the show, we want you to go live from the munch if they'll let you. We know they won't, but um. But you could go off in a car, go in the bathroom, and film yourself up against a wall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, don't film yourself up against a wall in a bathroom and live stream it to us. Don't do that. Like, (laughs) what a lot of the connotations of what we're talking about. Don't do that. I just meant like no people in the background, so you're not like. (laughs) Even if there's no people in the background, I not from a bathroom. We're gonna have to hard limit. I. I didn't say bathroom. I said like in a corner. You said bathroom. I said bathroom. Yeah. Don't, oh, no. John has apparently had us on while at a munch. 
Fair See? play. I'm so shocked. <laughs> I mean, half the time our episodes are are so not political and so oh, BDSM God. that it would probably fit the environment. It probably would. Um, I mean, it depends on the guest, right? It depends on what's yep. going on. It depends on um, current events in pop culture. <laughs> the only thing that I can think of that's like a current pop culture event is... Epstein getting convicted. Yes, I love the meme. You mean Weinstein? You mean Weinstein? Because Epstein's dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah See, I'm, I'm on three here now. Yeah, mm. he didn't hang himself. Right, man. I just <laughs> no, my but meme. I love the memes sorry, of uh, the the Cosby and uh, what's his face Weinstein. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Somebody Cosby did a poll and recently and asked. Asked Americans, did Epstein kill himself? And it was like 22% yes. And everybody else was like, oh. <laughs> that's it's funny shitty. because the people, it's now to the point where the people who believe that he actually killed himself are the conspiracy theorists. Here's the like, thing though. Oh my God. Did you guys see the float in Mardi Gras? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was great. The Hillary choking. Yeah. <laughs> um. So look, here's what gets me though. We live in a society where the majority of people are going, looking at the Epstein death going, something's shady. And at the same time, we're seeing growth in the flat earth movement. Like what the fuck? How, why? Oh my God, I have so many on my timeline, but I can't say they're all awful people because they post other things that I'm like, oh, that's a good article. Or, because oh, every other- Every other planet in our solar system is spherical, but for some reason, God's divination or whatever it is they're claiming, the Earth is flat. Joe, tell these people that the Earth is flat. The Earth is not flat. (laughs) Sorry. So here, my question: I've been on an airplane and seen the spherical nature of the Earth. So, my question for the flat Earthers is always: Who benefits? from making you believe that the earth is round and how do they do so and it's, it's those all- core people wait you core haven't heard this story you haven't heard you haven't heard the answer to that oh my god there's an an- go yeah there's an go answer on. So, so you guys don't is know it, this so, shit the airlines can charge more because like this is a government go. conspiracy. It, it fly, takes longer to fly, but it really doesn't. I don't it's know. a government <laughs> conspiracy designed to keep us distance from a divine creator. Oh. Wait, what? If he's a divine creator, then he would have to be omniscient and omnipotent, and distance isn't going to fucking matter. Right, like an, all, an, an omnipotent, benevolent God is oh. not going to like... Right, but it's somehow but, stopped by our government. So here's the thing, though. Like, like before, that was the argument against the spherical Earth 500 years ago, though. Right? Can't they come yeah. up with a new argument? <laughs> Clearly not, right? And look, so here's the thing. Like, right before, I mean, a couple of years before this flat Earth thing became a thing, I remember being in a 4chan room. <laughs> On a sub channel, and anybody who understands 4chan and sub channels probably knows which sub channel I was on, right? Um, hearing people go, people are so fucking stupid, you could make them believe anything. We could probably even make them believe the world was flat. So, dude, it would And then not now we've got me. this. So, I mean, I blame 4chan. There was also the whole 4chan started theory that, um, the like, circle game. It, the, well, the, yeah, and then the center of the earth being controlled by, 
Norse gods or whatever, the mm -hmm. one true gods, and they live in the center of the earth, which is, I mean, because Odin hated ice giants, even though he was a frost giant, he's going to go live in a magma <laughs> core. I mean, whatever. Um, I remember oh once listening and finding like hundreds of YouTube videos on of like full length, like produced videos on the theory that after World War II, Hitler and his followers, <laughs> followers went to Antarctica in mm. UFOs and have a base. Oh, well, I've not heard that one. I, yeah, I, no. in UFOs. Yeah, and UFOs, and so like not just like oh somebody believes it, but like people, hundreds of people are making like movies about how this is the case. And right. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. This atheist is about to check the fuck out. Seriously. <laughs> I cannot with us bullshit. So which part of it, the Hitler surviving, the Antarctica, or the UFOs does it for you? Like even before that, like the flat <laughs> earthers, all of this, like, yeah, I'm out. Look, I could get the Hitler surviving and going to Argentina. Like that that, but that in a UFO. Yeah, no, but, but when you start going to Antarctica, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Somebody in the in the chat over there says talking about Iron Sky. That's actually a movie that somebody put together about uh, slightly different. It's it's them going to the moon, right? And back to try to conquer us. But like that was that was crowd that was crowdfunded movie. It's really an interesting watch. Um, but it was built on the same uh, people reacting to the theories with, that predated it. Uh, yeah. Well, Elfie just showed me her butt, and I'm in a happier place. Kind of like the Hitler thing. <laughs> Hitler themed thing um, mm -hmm. of late that I really dug was Man in the High Castle. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really well done, brilliant. I, I feel one. like that 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 okay. series needed two less episodes per season. Like it was just a little slow for me. But the we needed two great. fewer characters per season. Yeah, yeah, Fair, yeah. It's just too yeah. many characters. Um, but the storyline was really. Pretty I, the storyline could have been more developed in some of the uh, the kind of side plot romanticism shit I could have done with less of, like more story, less character interaction. I love counterfactual fiction. I got a bunch of books on counterfactuals of just that. Sorry, I'm going to nerd out for a minute. But no, that's welcome of, here. That yes. moment of like you just change one little thing in history and all of the things that would necessarily follow from that. So man in the high castle, the theory was the, the one thing they changed was um, that guy who tried to kill FDR before his first inauguration succeeds. Mm -hmm. And so everything after that follows. And the one I usually tell is uh, that that's, that really is a, a big change in world history is um, Churchill becoming prime minister in May, 1940. Uh, he wasn't supposed to become prime minister. It was supposed to be uh, Lord Halifax who was supposed to become the prime minister. That's who the king wanted. That's who the Conservative Party wanted. The Conservative Party hated Churchill. He'd he'd been a turncoat. He'd switched parties. He'd been spent the last decade yelling about how the party was had lost its way and everything. Uh, they didn't really want to go with him. And uh, it came down to the moment where the king was like, uh, you know, you're the you're the two finalists, Lord Halifax. Will you form the government? And Halifax was like, no, uh, you should go with Churchill. And it made a big difference because a couple of weeks later, Halifax was arguing for a separate peace with Germany. Mm -hmm. And I mean, just the whole course of world history was changed just from that one decision. I love having conversations like that. So if you're ever, if I'm ever cornered you at some state convention talking about the chairs race and you want to get out of the conversation, bring up some moment in history and we can nerd out about that. 
So the first thing that comes to mind is there's, and I'm drawing a blank on the name, because uh, I got the first book in the series of like, what if the South won the Civil War? You know which one I'm talking about? Oh, uh, Turtle Doves series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. couldn't, like, I realized trying to listen to that book that I'm a little bit more of an SJW than I thought because there were too <laughs> many end bombs for me to continue yeah. going through it. Um, He's written a couple of them. He did one of like the aliens invading in the middle of World War II that was really interesting. Uh, the South winning the war, uh, the Civil War, mm -hmm. or at least I, I think it was like staying independent. So there were two, two Americas. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, he he wrote it like he wrote like and, twenty counterparts. Yeah, because that that he took that series. I guess I, I like read a, a summary. He took that series through World War II, like how it would have been different. Yeah. With the South and the Axis powers and all of that, like yeah. So the if I remember correctly, in World War One, the South sided with, uh, well, the South and the North were on opposite sides of World War One, and so like that, the post World War One Germany feeling defeated and resentful and and open to Hitler's rise to power. That was the North uh, in in his books, and so that's what led to World War Two. It was really very. Uh, convoluted and everything but very interesting so joe you were talking about um churchill being kind of outspoken uh, um, making statements that he didn't really disagree with the direction of the party a lot of things that the party was doing you're running for chair um, <laughs> churchill. <No. laughs> um you're not clearly not churchill no. um what are the things that um the what, what what kind of direction is it that you would like to see the party go in um well, kind of from where well. we are now um, I mean, my vision is a, it's a simple one, but it's an achievable, and I think it's an achievable one, but it's one we haven't been able to reach. And that's electing principled libertarians to public office. Um, you know, I'd like to be able to see libertarians at the legislative negotiating table, because every day right now, decisions are getting made. And because libertarians aren't at the table, they're pretty bad decisions. And um, I can attest firsthand because my day job is going to states, helping them with their tax policies and helping get helping fight bad policy and helping get good policy across the line. And, um, you know, the, wherever the decision is, it's the median of the people at the table and putting even one libertarian at the table can make a big difference. We all know about Jeff Hewitt, who mm -hmm. elected libertarian uh, Riverside County supervisor. That's a board of five. So one of five is li is libertarian. One Democrat, three Republicans. He's gotten along very good with the Democrat, who's also kind of alone on the board. They've gotten to know each other, um, you know, and, and they understand each other and can kind of get some voting done together. Uh, when they vote together, that's two. They only need one more and whatever they decide is law. And, you know, we libertarians are natural coalition builders. We understand the right in a way that uh, the left doesn't, and we understand the left in the way that the right doesn't. Um, we can really bring people together, uh, and and you know it, it'd be nice, and I think it is achievable that libertarians could be the balance of power in state legislators and blocking bad bad policy and and promoting good policy. So how do we get there? It's it's fundraising resources. It's getting on the ground infrastructure. It's finding good candidates and training them. And anybody that's kind of paid attention to the Libertarian Party nationally in the last couple of years, you've seen the beginnings of this. 
Um, we've got Kara and Apollo doing great work training people and helping them with messaging and getting uh, building up on, on the ground infrastructure. Um, we've launched the Civi CRM program and we've just signed a contract with eCanvasser. We're starting to build the tools that honestly with the IT uh, background that we have in our party, we should be ahead of the other two parties, not, not catching up to them. Um, and then, uh, and then winning races. I mean, we, we almost elected, Beth honestly, we did elect Bethany Baldus, uh, to her race last election. She won it on election night. She didn't win with absentees because she didn't start door knocking until after half of Wyoming had left for the left for the fall and winter to another state. So we're getting started earlier. We got a bunch of candidates in the mountain West. And once we're able to do it right, we can then grow it and, and expand it. But um, what I want to do as chair uh, is be single-minded on that effort, on building infrastructure, on electing libertarians, and on, on helping us do that, because then we can build upon it. And all the other nice-to-have things, the, the better messaging, the affiliate support, the, the 50-state ballot access, all of those things are essential, uh, but those are all means to the, to the broader end, because... Once we got libertarians at the negotiating table, then then we can really start changing things. So that's the gist of it. I know we're getting close to time, but there's a couple of really good questions in our chat. Zach, are you seeing these from Carl and Chris? Good questions for Joe. Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, given all the polarization, why hasn't the LP been able to appeal to masses and get a seat at the table? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I've been a member of the party since the, the mid-90s. And I, I mean, I've wondered that myself. Um, I think part of it is team loyalty. People like voting, you know, if you grew up Republican or grew up Democrat, you want to vote for, for those. And we don't have that base of support. Uh, but honestly, I think that's breaking down. Uh, I think the plurality of Americans now are no identifying label. And then it's more fluid. Uh, I don't even really recognize the Republican Party anymore from what it was 10 years ago. And if the Democrats nominate either Bernie or Bloomberg, I think you're going to say the same, be able to say the same thing about the Democratic Party. So, you know, I live in Washington, D.C., which is 92 uh, percent Democratic. Um, but we were able to do very well when we ran for office, my husband and I, uh, in this last election. We got 18 percent in some precincts. And, you know, really we talked good. We talked to a lot of people about, you know, we, would you consider voting for us? And a lot of people did because they don't want their, they don't want the city to be a one party place. And that's an argument that can work in a lot of, a lot of parts all over the United States, because, you know, if you're in cities, it's becoming a one party democratic area, or if you're in rural areas, it's becoming a one party Republican area. And you need libertarians at the table to keep them, keep them honest. And when I talk to people uh, who are Democrats, they're like, well, you know, you're not a Democrat, but at least you're not a Republican. And when I talk to Republicans, they're like, "Well, you're not a, you're not, you're not a Republican, but at least you're not a Democrat." So we can bridge the gap in a lot of ways. At least we got that going for us. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, at least you're not one of the devil parties. <laughs> it starts the conversation, and then we can talk about the issues that they care about, and yeah, and yeah. bring it back to uh, where we want to lead things. Absolutely. And Carl's question was really good too. Carl's question. My thought has always been each state needs print screen supplies to make. Yeah, uh, we we do a crappy job at providing basic infrastructure. And and so a lot of a lot of people have to reinvent the wheel. So I'm state chair of D.C. 
and maybe this was naive of me, but I kind of expected that when I became state chair, someone somewhere would send me a book about what I needed to know as a state chair. Uh, or at least at I got least, one. You didn't get one. I got Patrick's book. At least that, you know, how do I register us with the FEC because we weren't FEC compliant? Mm -hmm. How do we uh, contact national to make sure our websites are updated and everything's uh, everything's kosher there? How do we make sure that, you know, what are the rules on ballot access for our state? Because I know somebody's monitoring uh, uh, the 50 state ballot access. Um, how do we, you know, access the training resources? How do I put on a good state convention? What are the best practices for that? We know all this. This is all out there. It's just not concentrated and being provided in a in a clear way. So, you know, it's a goofy idea, but I'd love to be able to provide affiliate in a box, state convention in a box, uh, FEC compliance in a box. So, oh my God, that is a great idea. So then those are we need that. Yeah, those we are, do need that. And and all you know, the way down to you know, those are all things that the LSLA and the Affiliate Support Committee have been working on. Uh, Richard yeah. Longstreth really championed that affiliate in a box kind of movement. So I mean, let's let's roll them out and make sure that, that they're being provided because uh, you know it's getting dropped somewhere along the way. Um, and, you know, there's little tidbits that, that I've picked up along the way that, you know, we could supplement with all the knowledge that everybody has in the party. So, like, if you're a treasurer for a campaign or a state party, the rule usually is, like, make sure you file on time. Like, on time matters more than accuracy because you can always file on time and then amend. amend. Yep. Where you get into trouble is when you do not file on time. And, you know, that really needs to be hammered home to, to treasure. People want to be treasurers. Um, or if you're running, you know, Apollo uh, Pazell, our, our campaign coordinator, when he speaks to candidates, he's got rules of thumb about, you know, this many door knocks equals one vote. This many phone calls equals one vote. This many lit drops on people's doorsteps equals one vote. And, uh, you know, it's out there. We, we've collected the information. We just need to do a better job of disseminating it. And there needs to be a central place. I thought that was maybe yeah. why CVCRM or that was maybe a role CVCRM would play. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's part of it, too, being about being able to provide overarching infrastructure. And this is not national bossing the states around or telling, you know, people can no. use it or not use this. It's a, right. a, a resource for them to pluck as they need. Want to use it. Um, Zach had something. Yeah, so I, this is my every other episode or so plug to remind everyone that I'm running for Region 6 alternate. And to kind of throw back to what Carl was talking about with uh, audio visual, audio visual equipment that's something that i've been really hammering on like um i i think every state should be able to afford a 400 <laughs> av package that we can put together uh mm -hmm. it would be like that camera like national has this camera now right um a decent microphone and a small soundboard and every state should have that and that's um or at least if they don't like, obviously, I don't want to force a state to get something that they do, they don't want, but they just, should just know. Just so we what look professional, they should have extreme. access to it. It's not about outcome; it's about access, right? Yeah. The states it's, can choose to do whatever they want to do. We would just all like to see them have access to better resources. Um, if you're going to pitch your run, I'm going to pitch mine because I'm running again for Region Seven. Oh I'll yeah, but you're too. a shoe in. I might actually um, have to contend with someone. Look, I expect to. to <laughs> I expect to face um, challenge. I, I always expect to face challenge. And if you're running for a seat and, and get it and don't expect to face challenge, um, man, 
you must be amazing because I, I fuck up every day. I make mistakes all the time. Um, and I, I know that my constituency is going to hold me accountable to that. Rightfully, they should. Right. Um, but yeah, I, one of the things I want to see is continuing to build um, resource and, and grow a donor pool. I know Chris asked, why wasn't there support money or people in reelecting Laura advocate to the Nebraska legislature? And then honestly, there are a million reasons for that. But one of well, the biggest ones was we lacked the resources. Well, there um, were, and, there and we was know, an effort. We didn't know how right. to do it. Right. We tried. Right. Yeah, people, honestly, people went we, and door knocked and everything. We learned right. a lot of lessons from that campaign of how to do it wrong that we're now applying, uh, yeah. you know, corrected version in in the mountain right West. i mean Your the part. quick version is we didn't have the resources we really didn't have the money that that we should have had we didn't have the training that we should have had we didn't have um the knowledge we didn't have the data um there were a lot of things um but it all comes down to resources so growing those resources um has been my goal for a really long time and will continue to be my goal um, we need more resources and we need more reach. And I think, too, one of the things that we haven't consistently done well, that you see us all here tonight working toward this, right, is we put so much focus on things other than really shifting culture and affecting culture. And if you look at any great movement in this country, the culture shift came first. The culture yep. shift came before any electoral <laughs> success, before any uh, battle success. The culture shift must happen first. So I really think it's important that we're talking to that, that we're we're looking for other culturally significant ways to do outreach, music and art and uh, media, and comedy. Uh, com I mean, mm -hmm. do your thing. What if you juggle, juggle wearing an LP T-shirt? If you always <laughs> wanted to go on a reality show, do it. But pack LP T-shirts. If you need swag for those, hit us up. Hit up anybody in the movement. The noise is so loud right now. It's so hard to break through and get attention. But we're, we're libertarians are so inherently creative that we can find ways to do it. in In DC, we we the northern this was an idea of the Northern Virginia Party, but we were able to partner with them on it um, during the government shutdown. Uh, I guess two years ago now. Um, you know, er, garbage wasn't being picked up. Everything was falling apart in DC, um, and uh, so I mean. A bunch of libertarians from Northern Virginia and D.C. got together and we cleaned up the National Mall together. And we got a ton of positive press coverage because it's a little counterintuitive. Oh, libertarians actually being charitable and, and helping clean up a government property because the government wasn't doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of creative ideas that I want to be able to generate. The affiliate support committee that Aaron's on and and to his credit, Josh chairs. Um, they're doing a contest right now of five affiliates that did creative ideas. And, you know, I'd like to do a lot more than just five in a two year term. I'd like to honor an activist every month that does something creative. Cause I want to get a lot of great ideas out there that people can copy and use to get more attention right. for us, uh, to help break through the noise. Cause it's going to be very hard to get mainstream media attention. It's going to be very hard to get because the reporters love covering the blue versus red horse race. Mm -hmm. And in order to break them out of it, we got to come up with creative stuff. And I know we're up for the challenge. Well, and two, Absolutely. if you're an LP member, please check your email. You should have gotten an email from National that contains links to the five finishers <laughs> in that LP Everywhere contest. And you get to vote. The committee is not picking the winner. You guys are picking the winner. It's your movement. You need to decide who did the best outreach, who did the best job representing your movement um, and your party.
So please, 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 you will need your member number. Find your member ID card if you don't have it. Pick up the phone. You're going to call 1-800-ELECT-US, and they will send you a new card and let you know what your member ID number is. But please vote. Somebody, some the winning affiliate's going to get a grand, $1,000. Yeah. Um, and there's some really good entries. That's going to uh, go a long way. Northern Virginia, <laughs> that park cleanup, that, that's one of the finalists. So. Oh, is it? No, I didn't yeah. know that. They do good work oh. in Northern Virginia. <laughs> yeah, it was the Nova entry. It's a good entry. Definitely mm -hmm. click through them, click on the links, and look at the pictures, especially if you're looking for ideas of how to get involved in different things you can do. There's some really good stuff in there. And, I mean, that's the whole idea for it was to be able to get more good ideas out there for people to use. I mean, back at, at when I was head of the, the Campus Libertarians at Berkeley, we did a big event on April 19th every year. It's April 19th. It's the anniversary of Lexington and Concord. It's the anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. It's the anniversary of the, the final days at, at Waco. Um, there's a lot of, and of course, 420 is, is a libertarian holiday too. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that we promoted and uh, in order to talk about just, just people standing up for their rights um, and being able to spread that message. And uh, so, I mean, I, I love the, the idea of being able to do a big thing on April 19th. You know, libertarians used to, and still do in a lot of states, uh, do a big thing on tax day. You know, I guess everyone files electronically now, so you don't have the lines at the post office at midnight like uh, back in the days of yore. But uh, but yeah, just a couple of years ago, people were doing that all over the place. I remember that. Yeah. On tax I know day. Texas does. Texas does a big, big deal on tax day. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be nice if we could do uh, lobby days and protest days. And again, not forcing any state or any affiliate to do this, but providing them the opportunities and the templates and the trainings to be able to do it. Uh, one of my favorite memories of, of when I was in law school was participating in a national lobby day on uh, surveillance law and the Patriot Act extension, where all across the country, people went to their state legislators and their Congress people to uh, explain the truth about this and, and try to work against it. And, and libertarians can do this. Um, uh, I, I think a lot of the, a lot of us are just uh, maybe too busy to be able to initiate it on ourselves and need a bit of uh, direction and guidance. But it's it's I, I think it's something that's certainly within our ability and power to do. Uh, absolutely. All right, guys, we are a little little bit over tonight, so we're going to wrap. Uh, anything you need to plug right before we go? Uh, my website's at winwithjoe.org. I'd love to have your support at, in Austin. And uh, let's continue to build our party to win. Awesome. All right. We will see you guys next week. Uh, let's see. Who do we have? Oh, I should know this right offhand, but I don't. Uh, I don't think we have anyone this Thursday. We will be in Iowa this weekend. Right. Uh, there will so, be live streams. And yeah, so look forward to that. So next Tuesday, we've got Richard Longstrath. Tune in for that. But uh, also tune in this weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here with us, Joe. And uh, good luck. I'll see you in Austin. Good night. Bye. Good night.